Well, welcome back to another episode of The Miles Driven with me, Miles. And do you know what I want to know? Oh. Right? <laughs> I want to know that even when it's how even when it's cold outside, this studio remains at the same temperature as it was when it was 40 degrees. This is a good intro, this is Sam. I thought it might be. It's almost as if we're carrying on from a previous episode. There, yeah, it not. is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the studio does get very, very hot. Very hot. Like it, just, think... it doesn't change, though, does it? No, I think the sound deadening um, basically holds the, the warmth. So I say, well, let's rip it off the wall. Yeah, but then we would echo. And we wouldn't have this high quality... Uh... I don't think people would care. I think they would. No. I think it's worth... Think... So it's with Miles and the anti-sound deadening Sam. Yes. That's that's who the podcast is with like today. I, last week I was called Co-Host. Yeah. So I'm just going to have a different name every week now. Yes, you are. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it is bizarre. Our studio doesn't ever, even on the cooler days in summer. Yeah. But we were talking about this when we were doing this earlier this year and we had less, we didn't have a full studio built up. Yeah. And it was still getting warm in the colder months, but it wasn't, obviously it's it's much worse in the in the summer. Yeah. Be interesting to see what it's like as we go into winter, whether it will be like this or whether it will actually be a bit cooler. I guess it'd be uh, that's something we can only find out in the yeah. future. There we go. So anyway, for everyone who's listening, <laughs> uh, the podcast Sam, can start. <laughs> Sa- Sam's not happy about the temperature in our studio, but this is an automotive podcast, so we don't care. Well, heat has a place in automotive. Does HVAC systems? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, all the sort of cooling. And in sure fairness, I'm never happy in any temperature anyway, unless it's like minus one outside. Minus one is sort of your. I, I think that's probably, we're probably exaggerating. I'd say three degrees is probably my optimal no, operating seven, temperature. Seven. Nah. Yeah. I think three. I think that'd be too hot. Three, you would struggle in the in the sort of sundown periods to still have your shorts on. Mm. Yeah, but seven, work. But I don't really work in sundown. In the winter time. I've never, I, I mean, it's been 11 years now and I haven't worn trousers. <laughs> no. Right, anyway, onto the automotive side of our podcast and not Sam wearing trousers. <laughs> Just in case anyone wants to know, does Sam wear trousers, as he says? No. Even well, if... Only if I have to. Yes. Not at work, though. No. To our podcast, he just turns up naked and lets us all have to deal with it, which is why um, I had him on camera for a few of them and then I had to stop putting him on camera. Oh, people have got a very horrible image in their head at the yeah. moment. <laughs> you can go back to our earlier I YouTube can confirm videos. I'm wearing my work stuff. Yes. <laughs> But we don't, they don't, don't know what you do for a living. They might think Gigolo Sam is back. <laughs> so uh, I want to start the podcast this week with a question that came in from a video. And it was basically, would you own a Jaguar? Yes. It, this is a very roundabout Next. way this question was asked. <laughs> and I, I, thought we'd, I thought we'd tackle it on the podcast because people have a strange view. And I think we have talked about it several times. We've talked about it with Kia. We've mm-hmm. talked about it with rust on old japanese cars we've talked about it with how people see ford and basically a view of an automotive manufacturer has been decided yeah and well, hyundai hyundai was another one we talked hyundai, about, yeah, yeah. A, a really good example and people seem either unable to change their minds or they just don't want to yeah i say it's more the latter i think it's just yeah. unwillingness to change your mind. i think it's very easy to point out we we did our supercharger episode last week. We did, and I was talking about how you know if you buy certain cars, they need an engine out job to do a small, and because of that, someone sees that or hears that, and they decide this is the worst car ever built because it's cost a load of money to fix. Yeah, and of course, if someone hands you, you know, thousands and thousands in 
bills and invoices, it doesn't matter what it is in life. If it's a house, if it's, I don't know, a bathroom, plumber, whatever, you know. So it'd be nice if someone just handed you a bathroom one day, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, we'll enter a competition. <laughs> sort of like we're just handing out bathrooms. Really? Oh, fitted? No. <laughs> it or, just or, arrives in a box. To say, We've got a load of bathrooms going off. Like, you know, if you go to a bakery, like, like they're just going off. <laughs> well, they're cheaper at the end of the day. Yes. They're, just, you know, they're about to turn. So if you'll take them. Well, the silicon's going to go off. In yeah, the end, exactly. Right? So yeah. you've got to take it. Um, so because of that, I think Jaguar, a bit like Land Rover, falls into one of these brands where some people have a very passionate, strong view of the brand because they've owned, say, an old Defender and mm-hmm. they've had it in the family for 60 years and it's still ticking and they just think everyone else is talking nonsense about reliability because they have a mechanical knowledge. Other people owned a K-series engine um, Freelander that blew its head gasket twice <laughs> and just have decided the whole brand is rubbish. You know? Well, there's people that have never owned one and just violently say, yes, I don't want one. Yes, exa- or on the other side, say it's the worst car, I'd never touch it with a barge pole because yeah. so-and-so's mate had one and it cost him 10000 They're the pounds. sort of people though, that just say, no, nah, I don't eat tomatoes. Yeah. Oh, why have you tried them? You don't like them? No, I just don't like them. Yeah. Well, how do you know? Because well, they're horrible. Yeah. Uh, ah, so- okay. And I think Jaguar, because Jaguar did build some vehicles that, particularly in parts, certain parts of the world where they put in um, parts or whatever that were not great, mm-hmm. and that you know made the car overheat or break down or whatever else, and then because of that they've sort of stuck with a reputation. But yeah. There's if we look at sort of the current Jaguars that are you're available, so. Right, you read them off and I'll tell you my opinion on them. Would you have an F-Type? Or no, what do you think say them, I'll just okay. give you a one-word okay. review. F-Type. Exquisite. F-Pace. Exquisite. And Jaguar have pretty much given up on the rest of the range, but XF. Ambivalent. Ambivalent. <laughs> and I think... I could be wrong. I don't... I no, know. I would buy one of those as well, to be the, fair. The XE? I think they've pretty much... That's the Ford Bandai one, isn't it? Uh, well, it's not Same anymore. size. Not but, anymore. Same but, size. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's what's uh, the I pace? No, horrible car, horrific. Should be in the bin. The E pace also should be in the bin. So Sam doesn't like. Well, you can get you can get an F pace that's electric now. I think uh, hybrid. or hybrid plug in yeah. hybrid. Yeah. So just do that. It's yeah. it's not it's not anything against the car. It's not because it's electric or because it's the hybrid, which is the E pace. Yeah, so I pace electric, yeah. E pace is still using yeah. a combustion engine. It's with... the styling that they've done with them. What with I that mean, sort of flat the, back? The I pace is horrific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the E pace just looks like someone's taken an F pace and sort of scrunched it like a ball of paper a little yeah. bit and gone, well, this is a bit smaller. Good. Yeah. Off it goes. Yeah, but it looks horrific, Jeff. No, no, just get it out. It's a Friday. I want to get down the pub. They've got a two for one off on the ale tonight. Did you record the conversation as it happened? Or did I was you there. Remember? Yeah, I was going to say, you, were you just there? <laughs> I had to get down the pub. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, that is one of the issues. Is that no? But I just I just wanted to quickly get off mm. topic a little bit. The F the F type, one of the best looking small sports cars. Okay, so let's think what would go against it. So that's designed by Ian Callum, who designed the Aston Martin DB7, mm-hmm. DB9. Well, it was either designed or part of the design team. DB7, DB9, Vanquish. Okay, you so Aston Martin. Why did you put it against the Vantage? Because um, that's the small one. Yeah. Okay. Which yeah, one so would you I'm, have? I'm just I, I, them both in my I would have the F type over. Because you were talking about the new Vantage, and I, I pictured yeah. the old one for a second. I'd have the F type over that, which the... might, which might be controversial. Most people always go for the Aston Martin. 
I think I don't like the smaller, small Aston Martin. No, I know you, you. Yeah, you've never been a big fan of Vantage. Um, I do like the Jaguar sound. It's very the, and that F pace. Okay, I'd pro- I'm going to lean against you. I'm going to lean towards the Vantage on that one. F type. But- you said F pace. Sorry, sorry. this is fine. Just if, no. just in case yeah, someone tuned in yeah, at that no. point of yeah, the episode. Yeah, yeah no, you're, you're absolutely right. I will listen to this, but I will start from minute three. Yes. <laughs> um, but I don't know what else it would go against, really. It probably Porsche goes, Cayman. Yeah, I mean Porsche 911 is it's money wise, but Cayman is probably yeah. Yeah, it's De- I'd definitely have the Jaguar over that. What else is out there? Now, size-wise, you can maybe pit it against an MX-5, but, I mean, it's not really mm. a fair. It's like David V. Goliath, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I'm just, I'm just trying to think if... Um, no. Today, anyway, at least. Yeah. There's, there's so little... Maybe a Mercedes. I mean, you could go sort of um, Toyota Supra. Yeah. I, I just can't think... If, if you were looking for a two-seater, small sports car, for me, personally. Mm. But I've said before, mine and my fiance's dream driveway would be an F-Type and an F-Pace. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, I mean, it's, yeah. the bias is there. Yeah. But I suppose what we should say is on reputation, because they have, and, and it's not to say that all Jaguars now are perfect. Oh, no. So, that's the other side and of And I'm not, unlike you with your Aston Martin, um, do we call it a bias? Or should we call Ooh. it out and out? I won't listen to a bad word against them. <laughs> <laughs> I would admit that obviously there's going to be bad things. And I actually don't think the new styling of the facelift is actually as good as the previous generation. Do you know so what? I agree with you. It's, it's odd, the new, isn't it? The new facelift, I think, has really made the car look worse. I don't know quite why they... Because they had... I mean, the biggest change is that they went from headlights that were sort of uh, long ways yeah. to sideways. And they're really, really, really small. So a lot of manufacturers are doing this. They're trying to make the headlights basically in, like disappear. But because no, does any, nobody wants that, though. I, I, I think, do you know what this is? This is like when you get a new toy, you want to play with it. Yeah. And so they've been told, the designers have suddenly been told, we've got to a point in headlight technology where you don't need the big lens area yeah. anymore. We can just fit, sort of uh, give us a few centimetres of space and we can fit a laser or, and I genuinely mean how you do have, uh, Audi, they have laser headlights. That's so, good. Because um, I want lasers shining in my eyes. Exactly that, yeah. That's what you want with the oncoming traffic. Been but, taught from a young age, that's good for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but lasers or you know LEDs or very bright, um, sort of different projection light technology. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to put it at that because it otherwise it could be here all day. Yeah. But they've been told, yeah, we only, we only need this tiny, tiny, tiny little bit of space now. So you have free reign of what you can do. And the exact same problem happened with electric cars. Designers got told, hey, you know how you've needed to, um, you know, you, you wanted to do have a free reign, but you have had to put a grill in these places and a lower yeah. grill and a side grill because it has to ha- please the engineering team that have put an engine in the car. Mm-hmm. And so the designers have sort of been forced around these shapes to then build the car they want to build. Then they got told, oh, you don't need any of that, actually. We've got electric cars. And you end up with like what Tesla did where it's basically the bumper has got no style to I'll it. I'll tell almost. you what, having had the pre... For once, we had a pre-podcast meeting, and I want yeah. to stand... I want to take a second and applaud Miles for probably the world's best segue into what I know he wants to talk about now. <laughs> <laughs> no. So you're not going to talk about Alfa Romeo? Well... It seems a bit set up now, doesn't it? But it, I it mean, genuinely... mate, it was the most perfect yeah, segue. I, I, don't, I don't think it was intentional. <laughs> it, really, it really genuinely wasn't. But you've brought it up and you made a really good point. 
the new Alfa 2027, there's going to be a new large saloon from Alfa Romeo. And we will loop back around to why this is relevant in yes, about 20 seconds. <laughs> but the des- I've seen the design, the render mm-hmm. they've done for it. Um, I, th- I think I think you can anyone can see it by now. Okay. This is out, well, so. cool. If you, if they can, then send me a picture and I'll put it up with this podcast. If you text me, remind me again. So I'd like to add that caveat. Yeah, I know. Even though he knows, I think when this one comes out, I will be on my honeymoon. Okay. We've well, got a phone. Yeah, I might just be laying by a pool and completely forgotten. Well, it depends. How committed are you to this process? Do that, you know what? That's the question Sam asks me every time he sees me. And yet, when I, when I throw that question back at him... It's I, not mine. No, yeah. <laughs> I get this. So, when the day that I say, right, Sam, a um, payment's come in, it's quite large. But I believe I remember you saying that uh, this is nothing to do with you. True. But then also, if people ask me, oh, how's the podcasting going? I was like... Well, you know, you do anything for your friends, don't you? Yeah, there we go. Yeah. So 100% payment can go to Miles then. Well, no, I'll do I do anything for my friends. Anything but be an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, what Alpha have done, and this is massive, because what they've done is they've gone, we want to make an electric car. They've gone to their styling department and said, uh, yes, we're going to make an electric car. You know how we have the V-shaped grill at the front and we have our styling with the headlights and things? Yeah, you're not allowed to change any of that. I don't care that it's electric. That stays. Good. And it. You sit there, and I think you look at the picture of it, and they, they have actually gone with a smaller grill area. Mm-hmm. You know how grills have got to the point where they are so ostentatious and large? Are you picking on any manufacturer in particular? I may be pointing at BMW slightly <laughs> here, because as, a per, well, as someone who's owned several BMWs, and as someone who really, really likes the driving position of them, yep. it is... Not very nice to think, oh, what car should I get? And I sort of look around and I think, I could be sensible. And there's quite a few BMWs that I quite like. But I wouldn't want to own them because they just have terrible style. Like, not even just from the front end. It's as if someone went, oh, that's a BMW, is it? Turned around, forgot what they had just tried to make it out of Play-Doh. Yeah, and just sort of... I think the iX could eat my car as I came past with the grill. (laughs) So... Huge congrats to Alfa Romeo because they, they went, look, let's keep style about it. We don't need to look futuristic. We need to look good. It's one of the great things about when the Italians do anything. They go, okay, the style comes first, substance comes after. Yeah, and reliability from, comes way down the bottom yeah. after we decided the price. <laughs> yes, exactly. The only exception is probably like the supercar companies like Ferrari who go, styling is very important, but, it, but we actually have to put some emphasis yeah. on the you know the engine and stuff and then people say okay what about the person in between it like, oh that that's an inconvenience because <laughs> somewhere in this beautiful car with this quite amazing engine we're going to have to put space for somebody yeah. <laughs> whereas alpha go i've created the best car that anyone's ever seen anyone's ever seen what that? engine put in it i don't know yeah something out of that tractor over there yeah, we'll, fine. we'll decide later if that does the... it work huh? yeah who knows <laughs> look at it <laughs> and so that's what they've seemed to have done with this electric car. They've gone, okay, well, electric is it? Oh, um, don't know where we're going to get the electric from. Probably something within our group. We'll just give them a ring a week before we release the car. <laughs> but, uh, first off, let's style the whole car. Yeah. And if you had a 12-month build for this car, 11 and a half months is spent yeah. on the styling. Yeah. <laughs> then someone said we'd better put seats inside. Ah, yes. And probably a steering wheel, actually, as well, without we think about it. Yes. Yeah. So that conversation, so then there's three days to go and they're about to launch the car and someone said, 
<laughs> Someone turns up one morning with a fresh bottle of red wine that yeah. they brought in <laughs> yeah. for the 8 a.m. meeting going, oh, no, engine. Yes. <laughs> oh, how do we forget that one? Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I've had an idea about the styling. Ha, ha. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Yeah, exactly that. Um, so I think this has become a bit of an issue for car designers when we go to talk about um, headlights. Yeah. Well, we've done the circle now, so we're yeah. back on to what we were talking because, about. Again, in that, that Alfa Romeo design, they've gone, well, no, it's part of the design of the car. Whereas designers today, and what happened originally, I said with grills, now designers are putting in sort of fake grill areas. Like the yeah. Mustang Mark E has this kind of front grill blanked off area. Mm -hmm. And the new um, Audis, almost all the Audis, still have their distinctive grill. Yeah. It's just filled in because they don't actually need it. They a bit put... like the my massive pet hate with most new modern cars, these stupid fake exhausts on the back. Yes. It isn't even a it's not it used to be, oh, there's a hole here, but there's yeah. no exhaust behind it. Yeah. Now it's just this is the bumper, but we've put a little bit of chrome we've in, cut a, a, in shape. a circle. Yes. Um and then behind it. Oh, have you put it? a hole in it? No. no it's no. stupid. It's no. pastel part of the bumper. If someone wants to make this visible, they need to cut it themselves. <laughs> yes. It's like they might as well just 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 write exhaust in chrome. And it's incredible to me because when you look at, again, when you look at car design, the front and the rear, you know, the front, you've got all these different sort of elements to it, the, the grills, the lights and all this sort of stuff and the, the, where you can put different aerodynamic parts. But if you look at the rear of a car for, well, t since time began, mm -hmm. there's been a design for an exhaust system at the bottom. You know, yeah. Ferraris and Lamborghinis always had sort of some sort of shouty four XA yeah. exhaust type thing. Um, or a triple exhaust or whatever. And then they went, oh, okay. We, some people are commenting that we need to look like, we need to pretend that cars don't have emissions. Yeah. So let's, and I'm, this isn't Ferrari, by the way, this is you know other manufacturers that are building more common vehicles. Yeah. Instead of having a cutout for the exhaust, let's put the styling detail there because it makes it look good. But then let's just put the, thing right behind it so you can't see it anymore yeah it's like i mean it's like you see with electric cars on the back bumper at the bottom there's just no detailing at all because there's nothing they can do there yeah. you know I mean? <laughs> some of them are now trying to put in sort of um diffusers into the back which okay is, okay if you're buying some of the extreme electric stuff but when it's a i don't know renault clio with uh, a diffuser an e corsa an e a cor yeah an e corsa with a diffuser on the back you're like <laughs> it's going racing yeah that that must be owned by a seventeen-year-old lad who's yeah. who's got that from Halfords, and, and then it, you just see a middle-aged man or yeah, woman just, just driving like, along. Oh yeah, that's my my car. What's this thing on the back of it? Oh, okay, yes. on the back. Not even looked at it. No, exactly. Why would I look at the back? Yeah. I get in the front. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I think that's what's happened with headlight design, is that they've been told they need less and less space. And go back to the Jaguar. Uh, I think it just looks awful. Yeah, it, does. it almost looks like the bonnet's covering half the light. When it's closed. And, and it looks like they're squinting. A lot, yeah. a lot of cars look like they're squinting at you. And you're sort of like, well, if we go back to that first generation, oh, it's not first generation, but the, the F-Type as we know it, mm -hmm. uh, so 2013, I think yeah. that came out. They just had, they had one of those designs that it's almost like it was hot rod classic, yeah, but modern. You know, the, one of those designs where you think, wow, they, they absolutely nailed it out the gate. You yeah, know, I mean, they, when that car came out, it was just like, well, you know, all you could do is just sit down and go, well done. Yeah, maybe offer it in a different colour. Yeah, like that, that's it was just, only in that blue. Was yeah, <laughs> yeah. To there, start with. There's a few things you could possibly do. And then they, they offered it as a two-litre four-cylinder and they gave it a centre rear exhaust. Yeah. 
Um, and then they offered it as an all-wheel drive because people kept spinning them and crashing them into fences <laughs> yeah. and saying, I'm not that enthralled by the idea of spending £60,000 on a car and then spinning it. Yeah. And I, I, I don't... The one thing I'll give TVR is when customers used to say that, the answer was, well, learn to drive better. Yeah. Whereas Jaguar went, okay, well, we'll, well we're engineering answer. And uh, what's happened is what always happens, those cars that are the ones that everyone complained about and are so desirable to yeah. try and get the one that's rear-wheel drive and it's you know, known as this death mm-hmm. trap. Whereas the all-wheel drive is like, oh, it's lost some of the drama. Yeah. It's, it's people, and it's the same people saying it. <laughs> it's, consumers don't know what they want until you deliver no, exactly. it. That's yeah. the, I can't remember. Um, it might be Enzo Ferrari. Or there might be a car, someone in the car world, but there is certainly someone who said that. They were just like, well, consumers don't know what they want. So it might be a Steve Jobs type thing. Okay. But the, Two different people there, Mars. Very different. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think that's the thing is that sometimes people will say, well, you could make it better like this. But then someone else will think you can make it better the other way. And if you try and listen to 10 people yeah. <laughs> and try and make it for 10 people, then what happens is you just got a terrible product. Yeah. You're better off yeah. just chasing two of them, you know, whatever it may be. Just to, And I think that's a broader car issue. We can come on to it because we've, we've got a bit of space in this podcast to talk. Because car manufacturers are desperately chasing to have higher and higher sales because they're on the stock market a lot of them now and a lot of them are groups and they have to increase sales and increase sales and increase sales what you don't have as much of is these sort of you know when bmw made the first z3 it was kind of like well we probably won't sell that many compared to you know a family car and we're going up in a market against porsche which will be a bit difficult but uh why don't we just build it anyway and some people will like it and buy it. Yep. And someone at the head office heard that discussion, uh, or that that sort of you know um, that in, was in that meeting with someone trying to convince them, and just sort of was at the back and went, "Huh, yep, well, that's good enough for me. Uh, <laughs> we'll put what do we Tick. need? A couple of hundred million worth of development off you go, and we'll see <laughs> if we ever get it back." Now the conversation is okay. So we're looking to build a four door box. Uh, that yeah. can attract the absolute most number of people from the person who, I mean, a golf basically, person yeah. who has absolutely zero interest in cars, all the way up to someone who wants a golf R. Mm-hmm. And the trouble is, golf, the, the Volkswagen Golf has been very, very successful, and so a lot of manufacturers are then trying to emulate it. If you notice, Volkswagen have continued to find ways to stretch more money out of that car. Yeah. They dropped buttons because they don't have to homologate a button. They dropped um, a few of the different... Well, they added in specials yeah. to the GTI. And all of a sudden, you could have a performance pack, and then you could have a TCR, and then you could, and just all more and more expensive versions mm-hmm. of a Golf. The Bugatti model of car making. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then they said, well, even though we know that the enthusiasts really like the three-door Golf, like me... Because Sam wants a five-door Golf. Mm, I, don't, uh, I don't know with a Golf. No, no, you probably do want the three-door, don't you? But even so, because more people... Like, if yeah. you want a three-door, what you don't want is no doors. So we can't go yeah. less. <laughs> yeah. But we can go more. You could have seven doors, and people would just be like, oh, it's just more, inconven- more convenient to get in. Yeah. 
So we'll just. I can get in, in between the seats now. Yes. <laughs> and so why don't we, to save costs, instead of having two lines, one making a three door shell and one making a five door shell, why don't we drop all the development of the three door and just make a five door? Yeah. Because that saves you. And the problem is, and I'm pretty sure people who work in these companies know it, they just don't really know how to say it because they're there and they're like, we're probably writing our own obituary. Yeah. Like, if we make something that is only really attractive to every, like, to attractive to everyone, what we'll get is no one. Yeah. That's true. You know, it's like you could go home today, Sam, and if your fiance said to you, we're having sausage and mash. Mm hmm. And sausage and mash is a completely acceptable dinner to have. You know, it's, it's okay. It's not something you'd want if you went out, for example. No. Quite, quite likely. Not something I'd want after a day of 25 27 yeah. 28 degree no. heat either but but it's just a meal and yeah. you'll just be like oh fine but you wouldn't ask for it no in the winter yes in the winter maybe but yeah. then in the winter if you could have like if your fiance do you know what i'm home early before you and i'm gonna cook you can have anything i'm glad you, that you added that in <laughs> but she's got home before you somehow yeah. so she must have got home at 10 o'clock in the morning <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but no you know she's beat you home yeah and she sort of said do you know what i just want to i want to eat so I'm going to cook, you drive home. Now, what you probably wouldn't pick, if you, she, she's willing to cook anything, mm -hmm. probably wouldn't pick bangers and mash. Now you see, it's really weird because that's one of our favourite meals. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Do you know what? Do you know what? The second I said sausage and mash, I, and I turned to you, I thought, ah, oh, I've picked the wrong person. In to the have winter, this we usually have it once a week. Yes. <laughs> uh, what's a very average uh, plain chicken with rice? Yeah, I quite like that as well. Um, for me, it'd be pasta. He's a plain person, ladies and gentlemen. Any sort of pasta dish. I'm not a massive pasta person. So, some carbonara? Yeah, I'd just say chicken pasta no, with like a tomato sauce. Some, uh, pesto. Pesto yeah, chicken. pesto pasta. There you go. Yeah, right. Okay, so we'll start this again, everyone. Yeah. Right, pesto pasta. So, you go home tonight. Yeah. And your partner says, I needed to cook a quick meal. Yeah. So, what you've got in the, other, in the kitchen, in the pan, is some pesto pasta. Yeah. And you go, well, do you know what? I'm hungry. Mm -hmm. That's food. That's yeah. fine. The the people listening to this are like, why couldn't he just stick with the bangers and mash example? I, I got, because I, I got, would beat it into yes. the ground. <laughs> I got what he was trying to say. <laughs> um, but if you if you didn't call you and said you can have it whatever you want, you wouldn't pick it. No. And that's the problem that I think a lot of manufacturers are going down. They're like, well, we just want to be all things to all people. Yeah. And what you end up is being so average at everything well, they're trying to please all the people all the time which is, which is a well-known adage that you can't do that yeah, exactly <laughs> that and that's where for example with the latest golf r people go mm, it is a, still a great car but what's the competition and actually they start to drift away at that price point to other cars yeah and then you go well so what you try to do is be too generic and you lost customers for it and then the people who want a base golf for example, Hyundai say, oh, well, we've got an i30 and it's just cheaper to buy. It does all the things of that car. And in fact, we'll give you a, a nicer sound system. And ours is a little bit nicer to turn around a corner. Yeah. And you go, well, so it's less money. So then you're just in a race to who could do it cheapest. And then you go really down a really bad road. And before <laughs> you know it, yeah, it is four wheels on a cardboard box yeah. driving down the road. So this is where I think car manufacturers do need to do a pretty hard left turn because... If we were talking about this 10 years ago, they could say, well, we're differentiated by what we offer because BMW would say we have straight six engines and our customers say to us, 
that or a V8 and the M3 at the time. Yeah. But the, the, the one thing we have is we have a straight six and that sets us apart from, for example, Ford. Mm-hmm. When you're all on an electric skateboard design, <laughs> yeah. so you can offer a bit more power, a bit less power, realistically, on the road. Sam and I have talked about this many a time. To deploy more than 300 horsepower per tonne, so be, be a bit careful with the understanding of what I'm saying there, 300 horsepower per tonne. So you can have a 600 horsepower car, but it weighs two tonnes. You've only got 300 per tonne. Yeah. To deploy that on the road is nigh on impossible unless you don't really care about your licence mm -hmm. and you are living somewhere that has very high speed limits. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, that sort of power, you're doing 20 at the minute, now you're doing 60. Yeah. And now you're doing 100. And... Now you're doing 120. I think in the background you can probably hear church bells. They're going really at it tonight. They though. really are. Normally it's just sort of dong, dong, dong. Yeah. Now it's like dong, 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 dong. Playing some sort of like horror movie opening scene. We, we, we try and uh, plan our time in our studio around when there's a church not too far away and they do bell ringing once a week. It's like practice. Yeah. So for weddings, whatever stuff, they're, they're good to go and ready. But and unfortunately we, you decided you want to see your family this week. So Yes. And get your car service tomorrow. Yeah. Which unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, means that I have to see him again tomorrow because he needs somebody to spend a few hours with. Yes. Whilst the car's getting serviced. So there we go. Yeah. Um, uh, but we were a bit constricted for time today because there's some rather severe thunderstorms due in about sort of half an hour. Brilliant. Okay. In there. So yeah. So I don't, I don't mind if Sam's got to drive home in that. I just don't want it affecting the recording. Oh, I quite like that. Yeah. I wouldn't mind it at all. <laughs> so anyway, the the point to that is that when you start drifting along those lines what you know the differentiating differentiating fact differentiating thank you sam uh, factor becomes more and more limiting yeah and so actually you need to be more and more individual and we're kind of seeing it we started this with would you own a jaguar and I, the one thing that caught me about jaguar is at the moment well at the moment you can't really buy one they've pretty much given up selling cars they're just because jaguar land rover is one company mm -hmm. land rovers are selling incredibly well and Jaguar has decided to announce, like a lot of car companies, they're just going to make electric. But the oh, problem right, is okay. when you don't have an electric car ready to sell, and you've got one, yeah. but when you don't have a lot, a big range ready to sell, you have two choices. Stop selling what you're currently selling, leave a big gap, yeah, make or, the technology. Yeah, or just sell them. Yeah. So they're kind of in this position where unless you go in and you're sort of like, I want to buy this and I'll wait however long, mm -hmm. then they would rather put the chips and the, the yeah, stuff because they've got to go turn the factory on turn the lights on <laughs> yeah. wake the staff up <laughs> build one f type and then, yeah. come back. and then close it all down again right yeah. back to your tea break <laughs> yeah um so but because of that at the moment they're sort of in an odd position and it's several manufacturers the audi have said 2026 they're all being a bit by the way they're all being a bit coy with this because they all keep saying we're going to electrify our range by and then giving a date that's very very soon yeah and some people have think what they mean is electric cars will be here in three years okay that's not what they mean what they mean is all our cars will have some sort of hybrid system at a minimum yeah exactly within this because that would be electrifying that's electrifying we've electrified our range yeah i mean not electrifying in the sense of i'm excited well no but this is it would electric be electrifying <laughs> the uh, dodge ram which sam loves uh ah uh, yeah <laughs> Dodge Ram. Fantastic. I, I was going to um, send this over to my auntie in Sweden because she's got 
from the current Dodge Rams. And I was going to say, oh, they've done a hybrid. And I know that she wouldn't really be that interested, but because uh, she likes the one she's got. But I thought, well, a hybrid, you know, you'd save a bit of fuel and can run on a bit of electricity. And then I realized they've called it the Dodge Ram hybrid. It's a mild hybrid. Yeah. Which just means it's got a big battery. Yeah. And that takes some of the stress off the engine. It can add some torque into the, to the motor. Don't know why you're surprised. I just, I just love it when I'm hearing more and more car companies go, so we have our hybrid range. And you say, so what do you do? Plug it in or is it self-charging? Well, it's mild hybrid. Ah, oh, so it's not really hybrid then, is yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. What you're saying is it is hybrid to a point where marketing-wise we can get away with it. Yeah. And the government have agreed with us that this is good enough <laughs> to be called hybrid. <laughs> um, and I'm not saying that they should... I'm not attacking that because, you know what? If we want to still have cheap cars in five years, companies need to find a way around the current rules of... Because batteries are not getting hugely cheaper in the next... Well, the foreseeable. No. Demand's no, too not. high. Um, uh, the the raw, raw materials just a limited number of supply so you know do the maths mm -hmm. um but people still need efficient reasonably priced transport you know if you were to buy if you were to go out sam and your car did just decide to snap its crankshaft in half possibility possibility yeah <laughs> um then and you you know i suppose you spoke to your fiance and said uh we should go and buy a new car yeah. brand new and you walked around the dealerships and some people started saying to you well this one's an absolute snip sir it's thirty-eight thousand pounds oh you'd leave sign me up. yeah exactly so even with payment stuff you still want to be within reason so you've got to offer people cars that if they just want a car for now yeah is a reasonable figure and the way around that is to basically build cars of today but with mild hybrid you don't have to put too much extra expensive stuff in um, yeah but the, the whole point of that uh, with Jaguar is Jaguar dropped. So if you've, uh, if you listen to us, if you watch our videos, you'll know Jaguar dropped the XJ. We did a buyer's guide for it a few weeks yes. back. And I said at the end of that video that I was very sad that the XJ was gone because I think it was actually a really special car. Um, it it kind of stands out. If I saw, if I see an XJ driving along. I, to me, and this is a personal thing, that holds a higher regard to me than seeing an S-Class, a 7 Series, an yeah. A8. I don't know why. Could be the Prime Minister. It, it could be the Prime <laughs> Minister, yeah. But it just there's something about its presence that it's kind of like uh, if it was turning up somewhere, it would be the person who would very quietly sort of say, oh, hello, I have a reservation. Yes. And they would have you know, very sort of well-to-do stuff on, but it, none of it would be shouty. Yeah. And they would leave a very good tip at the restaurant. I know people, Jaguar owners, they wouldn't have their wallet on them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what attracts me to owning a Jaguar. <laughs> but that, that's the type of, if a car was a person, now, if a Dodge um, Challenger was a person... They'd be wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, they'd be a rock band, I think. Yeah, like in a, a Hawaiian shirt. Hawaiian shirt. Drunk. Uh, <laughs> blonde, dyed blonde hair. Yeah, but stuck but up. But spiky up. Yeah. You know, like, um, like Eminem looked like at one point. But with that, with the spiky hair. Yeah, yeah. Because he did. Do you remember when, oh, like, twenty years ago, he was on a tour, and he did something like he had a chainsaw out. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that would be the bloke turning up in a uh -huh. Dodge. Yeah, that would be the Dodge Ram if it was a human. But Jaguar man, 
or Jaguar woman. Unfortunately for Jaguar, they've they've got a very strong view as a man's car. Yeah. And they've desperately tried to get away from it in the last five, ten years because they're trying to sell more cars to more people. But I actually saw... uh, What was this? This was years ago when I was working in the trade. A a woman came in. She had a Jaguar. She was buying another Jaguar. Mm -hmm. And one of the older salesman i should say who could probably get away with saying certain things she this one was uh, middle-aged let's say yeah i don't want to give away too much but you know uh, our salesman that spoke to her was near retirement or probably okay. past that point and he said something like go on love yes i love that i absolutely love that <laughs> now i couldn't have got away with that being no. you know a young lad at the time but she just sort of smiled because he knew what she meant uh, what he, she knew what he meant which was she had a very sort of powerful looking vehicle and she was just driving it around in her car she didn't yeah. s- she saw past this whole thing of you have to be a bloke to drive one and enjoyed what it offered and i think this is where jaguars when they're on the road there's just something of a presence they hold now the fact they stopped making the xj i was sad about and then i also thought you know what maybe that's a good thing because what okay. would they have what what would the next generation look like yeah, would that's a have, fair point. Would, yeah, would they have been forced into a shareholder meeting where someone would have said, well, you know, BMW have built a grill that is the size of the Eiffel Tower. Mm-hmm. Uh, Audi, we can't see their headlights anymore. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mercedes have what I can understand to be a nightclub happening inside of their car. <laughs> so our car needs to be less subtle because the sales are going for them. Yeah, now, The XJ never sold with the numbers that they did. And yet, it would, t- it would take such a strong, strong voice in that meeting to say, no, we need to keep selling what we've got. Instead of, yeah, you're right, we should turn it into a laser show with dodecahedron rear doors, and it needs to have... That open inwards. Th- yes, inwards, yes, exactly. Wiping <laughs> inwards out and upside in- down. <laughs> yeah. uh, it needs to have a chainsaw that appears out the bonnet. The grill needs to be the size of Slovenia. And the pedals are made of knives. Oh, yeah, definitely. Just as a chance. So yeah. you, you need a yoke steering wheel. And yes. You need, <laughs> and you need to get an actual real-life Jaguar that guards <laughs> the vehicle at all times. That's the alarm. Yes, that's the alarm. <laughs> just an actual Jaguar. <laughs> so it, it would just... they would have. I think they would have been forced down a route to make the vehicle something that it could never be. Yeah. And if, in all honesty, uh, looking at the latest 7 series, I feel like that... It's almost like... Um, if you met someone and they were, I don't know, at the gym, and someone convinced them they should be a boxer or something, and they really didn't want to be that, mm-hmm. and they filled them full of drugs and made them <laughs> yeah. sort of just absolutely gargantuan and then just shoved them in a ring. And that you, you know, this sort of person who was just like, I don't want to do this. I, I was just really happy quietly in the corner lifting weights. Yeah. And now you've forced me to, to be, become this freak show. I feel like the Seven Series... The A8 to a bit of a lesser extent. The Mercedes has gone a bit weird just because it's sort of like we're being very subtle on the outside, very classy. Yeah. Then you step in it and it's like purple lights everywhere and you think, when was the last time I saw purple neon lights? Oh, yeah, it was a strip club. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's or a, a scene sp- from Fast and Furious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but these are the things that you associate with purple neon. You know, <laughs> yeah. not very night, uh, very light, uh, very late night uh, clubs. Yeah. Strip clubs. Uh, Fast and Furious. Yeah. Not sort of like, you know, the, the president's transport. No. Which, which is why Jaguar is. Yeah, Jaguar just managed to pull that off really, really well. So I'm kind of glad that it got axed 
mm-hmm. because it, it means that the jag you know when i if i do classic photography again at some point uh and you know 20 years time because I, I told you didn't i i think i told everyone on this uh, on the podcast the story of when i was taking pictures of it was the mark two yes Jaguar. yeah you did yeah and it you know just looked like you could see how that had evolved to what it is today but on the road i have never taken pictures of a classic and i mean lots of them some really rare stuff never ever including maseratis and porsches in this had so many people stop to look and to talk as that car and that was not a particularly expensive or particularly nice. I mean, it was a good example, but it wasn't the very best example. Yeah. And yet, person after person, after, I was like, I need to get my job done here. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. Speak to the owner. He's only stood over there. Like, I haven't talked to him. I, uh, you know, I'm just taking the pictures. But there, there was something magnetic about it for people. Um, and as I say, a lot of uh, sort of that class of vehicle, I think it's being pushed into a direction. It possibly, I mean, look at the new Lexus, that, is the LS. Mm-hmm. The grille is pretty much the whole front of the car. That's what we want. Yeah. It's what the people want. Yeah, that's what the people <laughs> want. I, but some people a long time ago said, oh, it's uh, to do with that's what China want. It's like, well, build a f- put a front bumper on the car for China then. Yeah. Wouldn't be that difficult to do. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, this isn't talking about huge re engineering. You just make a European or North America, you make a car for the rest of the world. Lots of manufacturers actually do this. I told you when I was in Australia. And I drove a Holden Malibu. Yeah. Or as we know it in the UK, a Vauxhall Insignia. Yeah. <laughs> but there it had different rear lights, different rear bumper, different front lights, different front bumper, uh, different wheels, and a four-litre engine. So we, it was a, bit of a spec we would never get here. Different, slightly different seats. Different. Uh, the steering, steering wheel was the same. It was a bit of a giveaway. The dashboard yeah. was the same. But it was a Holden Malibu. And in, if you're American listening to this, I think that was the Chevy Malibu for you. Oh, okay. So it was all the same car, but depending on where you were in the world was depending on what you got. So it wouldn't take much to say, right, we can have a BMW look quite classy in Europe. And if the Chinese market wanted to have, you know, two double doors worth of grills on the front, we can just make a Chinese version. Yeah, then that's fine for them. I mean, manufacturers um, 15 years ago. They were making long wheelbase versions that they only sold in China. That's yeah. a huge amount <laughs> yeah. of re-engineering. You know, to go, we need to make a long wheelbase version because China wants it. Okay, we've got to re-engineer the whole car. Yes, just do it. Okay, can we sell it anywhere? No, only in China. But, no, the, but we need it. <laughs> yes, the sales figures are that good, so just do it. <laughs> that, I, I, so I find it a bit bizarre that you go, oh, but again, it comes back to that thing I was saying. Is there just a meeting where someone's gone, oh, designing two bumpers? <laughs> No, no. I mean, I don't even want to design it with two different door shapes. Yeah. Let alone, you know, how many cars now can you not buy in a saloon? You can only buy in an estate. Yeah. There's a lot. This is happening across the Volkswagen group, actually, where they'll just go, ah, we don't sell enough saloons. Just sell it as an estate. You're like, oh, God, that's really giving up, guys. That's Yeah, it is. Only six, seven years ago were companies like Mercedes and BMW and Audi fit in the tiniest niches there have been the audi a7 mm-hmm. oh let's make a large executive vehicle that has a coupe shape so yeah. you can't sit in the back of it if you're tall uh let's make a bmw x5 <clears throat> but let's take all the boot space out <laughs> the next six with the next <laughs> six yeah 
this happened over and over and over again across the range. So they were looking at all these different niches, and now they appear to have gone pretty hard the other way. So, um, would you own a Jaguar, Sam? Yes, for now. And I think I would as well. I mean, uh, my uncle recently bought one, showed me a picture of it. I thought it looked really nice. I mean, it it, it was white, which is the only thing I, I said to him, white. And he went, yeah, it just was the, the right one came up. Gunmetal grey. Yeah. For, for an F-Pace and I, then some sort of vibrant colour for an F-Type. I, I said um, in our XJ video that because specification can range so much, you're better... Uh, being a bit flexible on spec to get, you have to be a bit flexible if you want something particular. For example, if you say I want, I don't know, grey. Actually, do you know what? Going off that, because I'm going to change my answer, because okay. I just realised A, I, want, I was thinking actually, Mars says everyone always gets grey cars. I just thought I'd get the burgundy one. You can oh, get yeah. it in a very sort of dark, almost claret. Yes. And then have a blue F-type, and then I'd have a claret and blue cars. I'm sure if you called <laughs> Jaguar and said, look, I'll pay you a bit extra to paint it in West Ham's colours, they would do it for you, Sam. <laughs> <Yeah>. Blue wheels. <laughs> Get badges in the seats. Yes, exactly that, yeah. Um, we did Alfa Romeo and their grill. That's good. Oh, we, we got through stuff there, Sam, without even having to... We did. We sort of went through the podcast material, but without even you having to check your little book. Uh, we even covered off a bit of the 4 Series. Uh, I suppose the only thing that's left and we can cover this off quickly for people that are a bit concerned about it. Used car prices. There's a selection of people saying that used car prices are about to plummet. Okay. I understand why they're saying that is because the world is, uh, economies are slowing down. Yeah. And what happens generally is that asset prices of anything, you know, houses go down, cars particularly. Could, I mean, a house isn't a depreciating asset in the way of a car is so a car usually falls like a stone yeah and houses fall a little bit they soften up a little bit uh just everything you know watches are just whatever you've got you know, computers they because people have got less money mm-hmm. they won't pay as much so the prices go down yeah the trouble is the supply of vehicles in the last major recession we had was very high yeah which meant manufacturers were desperately trying to sell into a market that was not that keen to buy what we have at the moment is a huge shortage uh, a lot of demand and not enough supply at the new end yeah. so that only leads to one that leads to just basically well price. the end result is people go to the second hand market and that's why the prices will probably stay where they are for the considerable future sam's got it that's mr economics of sam well, you know i always said that i bring the economics the sort of politics and all the knowledge really yeah. to this podcast oh, yeah. whereas you just bring some humor waffling. every now and then yeah, and yeah. waffling yeah waffling is uh, pretty much what you do yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah this is a so definitely if you've bought a collector's car that will lose some of its value because it's not a, being used for its utility yeah and you probably bought it at the high point of the market so yes that will soften up however like anything if you keep it for long enough it will probably i mean you shouldn't buy cars I think anyone with... with Full stop. <laughs> End <yeah>. of podcast. <laughs> anyone who works within cars always say you shouldn't buy them as an investment. And they say it over and over again, and yet people ignore it and buy them as investments. And then they get very upset if they don't hold their money. And one of the top, top questions that people ask, will this appreciate in value? And it's just like... You, you don't know, though. You, just, you don't know what's going to become a modern classic. No, and unless you have a direct relation with the person who is the CEO of the company, and they guarantee you 
that they're not going to build any more of them yeah. and you have the only <laughs> yeah. one you've this, got a one of one yes exactly <laughs> this happened uh with corvettes over in the states a lot of owners like to say they've got one of one yeah because they have you know a particular paint with a particular leather color with a particular carpet color with a particular stereo it's like no you don't you have you one do. of a good many you have one just of got that color in that spec yeah so and you yeah. spoke to chevrolet and they've also oh, you spoke to the corvette person that sold it to you mm -hmm. and they said yeah we've never sold another one you've decided it's one of one yeah but and and that's not just corvette owners by the way it happens with loads of manufacturers where people go well my one's incredibly rare because it's like your one's not necessarily more valuable because of you decide to have yellow paintwork with red interior well because you could just go and modify i could go and modify my astra oh yeah and i could put a ferrari wing on it yep yeah, yeah. Well, i don't really do wings on their cars too much put an f50 wing on it and say yep i've got a one of one astra it's an astra f50 yeah you could and, and advertise it and so. charge fifty thousand pounds for there it there you go because it's, you know, it's inspired. I may well do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I reckon the wing would probably cost you 50 grand to yeah. get off an F50. But That's yeah. fair. Worth um, it, though. <laughs> worth it, exactly. Just to find a buyer for yeah. it. <laughs> buyer who probably is like, oh, I need a new wing for my F50. <laughs> if I just get rid of this uh, car just throw that's that attached in the to bin. <laughs> no, but So I think a, lo a lot of people are putting a bit of panic out there. And I, I just want to be a bit of a voice of reason. I'm not saying car prices will definitely stay where they are. Because... Having worked in the most trade for years, in new and in new sales, I can tell you, no one, with, no, just no one, can predict this. No. Not even the CEO of Toyota or Volkswagen, you know, the two of the biggest car manufacturers in the world from volume point, or the, they are the two biggest from volume. The only company that's bigger than in value is Tesla because of their stock price. But from volume, Toyota, Volkswagen Group, those are your two car manufacturers. And they can't tell you with 100% certainty because you don't know what's around the corner. Yeah. Uh, so th there's a couple of things here to be aware of. If you've bought a vehicle recently and you bought it a bit too high and someone's gone and you've seen them down the pub or you've watched a YouTube video of someone with their... I I've seen this. Head in their hands on the thumbnail with a big arrow pointing downwards to say the whole thing's going to pop. There's not enough supply at the moment to match the demand. No. Now, that isn't to say that tomorrow there could be such a depression, not even recession, such a depression that all of the demand for cars disappears, mm -hmm. in which case no one wants to buy a car, in which case, yes, it will go down. But the impact that would have to be to just meet the current demand and for that to drop off enough to for the supply to, to sort of balance out means that what's likely to happen is your car will probably start to depreciate like it should have done yeah a couple of years ago yeah it won't be holding the money it has done which no. it shouldn't have done i mean used car prices are insane mm -hmm. they're, they're 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 way way higher anyone who's got a used car right now who thinks that their car has depreciated normally over the last couple of years you're you're lying to yourself a little you're being bit. with a big shock if it actually depreciates. yeah and you know i'm not to say that some people haven't bought very very wisely and they've bought something that isn't rare and you know it, it isn't going to depreciate but if you bought an average car and you thought oh it doesn't depreciate much well this is great you know you've just bought your first car yeah and you thought well my ford fiesta it's not really depreciated ford at the moment in the uk will not sell you a, North, North, a yeah. new <laughs> ford fiesta like you go into a dealer tomorrow and say i will give you all of the money in cash for a ford fiesta unless they've got one already built on the showroom they'll say sorry we're not we haven't got them in a minute yeah like we just 
I can't get you one. Mm -hmm. So if you want to buy a Ford Fiesta, you need to go to the used market, which is pushing the used prices up. But that doesn't that won't last forever. It uh, as I say, manufacturers could tomorrow suddenly get all the chips they need. Yeah, produce all the cars they need. That would plummet the used value of cars. But that could happen. On the on the other side, I don't know. A chip factory could suddenly realise they've made a batch of a million that are faulty. Yeah. And now there's no new cars, in which case used prices will keep pushing up. So uh, sometimes people like to attach what's happening in the economy and just blanket it over other parts of the, of industries. It's not that simple, is all I'm trying to say. Yeah, don't panic. Don't panic if you've bought something. If you haven't bought something yet and you're sort of holding out, if you can hold out a bit longer, do so, because you may see that there's some softening of the mm -hmm. market, some depreciation. But if you're there waiting for i don't know sam what, what was a particularly desirable uh, a ford mustang yeah you've been wanting one for ages and you've got half the money for one yeah and you're like well any day according to all these people online and this bloke down the pub they're going to lose half of their value no. it's not gonna happen no. <laughs> i mean i mean it could yeah because as i say it's not likely it's very unlikely there was a lot of other things that would have to happen so i just wanted to put that out there you know just being the sort of middle ground of some things can happen other things can happen but if someone is telling you a hundred percent that you're going to lose a load of money in your car or that used values are about to drop or they're about to skyrocket because there'll be no new cars or whatever else just take it all with a pinch of salt no one quite knows if i was looking at it from a balanced view and from working in the industry i would just say at the minute they'll probably sort of tread water yeah, they'll lose a bit of their value. Some stuff that isn't desirable will lose money because it shouldn't have been so high in the first place. But if you're in the market for a used car, just um, just find yourself a good one and intend to keep it. Yeah. If if anything's come out of all this, I would hope it would be that people realise treat a car well, it will treat you well. Mm -hmm. You don't need to change every two or three years. And in fact, if we want to talk about the environment, keep your car for longer. Yeah. You know, keep it for five years instead of three years. <laughs> less cars get built, less manufacturing. Brilliant. Yeah. It's still tailpipe emissions, but that's going to happen. Once it's built, it's going to happen whatever happens. So, uh, you know, service them a bit more often. If you take care of an engine, it will take care of you. That's the whole thing. Oil is cheap. Engines are expensive. I said it in the last podcast. So if you're out there on the market and you go and find the car you want, yeah, I would just think a little bit more about maintenance. And if you've got a good car at the minute, just make sure you... You keep it in good shape. Sound advice. That is the end of the podcast, Sam. Unless, <laughs> unless, as ever, you've been holding on to something. Do you know what? I have. Have you? No. No. <laughs> you got everyone's hopes up there for a I minute. Did. They're sort of at the gym or something, and they were like, oh, good. Oh, I've just got... got one set left. Yes. Yeah, we can just carry well, on. From... Good luck with it. <laughs> yes, exactly that. Uh, thanks for listening. As I will just run through uh, all our stuff that we have for the Miles Driven, as ever. We have the YouTube channel, in case um, you haven't seen it, go and check it out at the minute. I think it will still just have our buyer's guides up. And we might have done some histories of car companies or some engine stuff, but uh, we are intending, we are sort of planning to do a, you know, quite a lot more with it. Mm -hmm. Just, you'll have to bear with us. We have to sort of plan things out. We've got the podcast, as you know, because you're listening. The website, which is themilesdriven.com and we have social media sam if you go to facebook the miles driven uh anything that's on there that's sam's area 
Yep. So if it's Baron, then you know he hasn't been doing anything. Yep. <laughs> and Instagram, if it's Ascol. Which is Baron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got all pictures of my uh, old. Cars, well, yeah, I haven't put too much new stuff yeah. in there. But so, then I haven't know, been doing the classic people, car photography. glass houses, rocks, stones. He says, having me call him, say, oh, just having to edit until one o'clock in the morning, mate. I don't yeah, suppose no. you want to join in, do you? It's just um, too far, mate. If, yeah. if you live closer, I'd pop round. If only you were closer. Exactly, yeah. That's, that's the all, only thing stopping me. only barrier. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, so if you go onto Instagram, then that's me. So yeah, if you want to message either of us, then it's there. Otherwise, I don't think there's, uh, I think there's anything else for the Mars Driven. No, I just hope you're enjoying your honeymoon. Yes, yeah, so that's where I probably am. Yeah. yeah. Either that or I've got the date slightly wrong and it's the week I've come back. Yeah. In which case, I hope you enjoyed your honeymoon. Oh, thank you very much. And you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, take care, everyone, and we shall catch you in the next one. Ciao.